Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas podcast. My name is Daniel. It is have hope, HH, trying to live, trying to, trying to stay alive, trying to be the best man I can be. Carl was at, I'm assuming he was at Old Trafford. Maybe he wasn't, but the Athletic, because he covers Southampton, he was just covering the game, so he's not here with us. But we needed a United guy for this episode, just based off what happened. So I reached out to football dugout, Neek Sports. Neeks, how you doing, bro? I'm I'm recovering. I'm recovering. <laughs> yeah, they call me Neeks. The the real ones call me Weeks. The haters call me Leeks. You know who you are out there. I'm I'm not too bad. We'll we'll get into it, but I'm not too bad. <laughs> All right. So yeah. No, 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 no. Can I just say like Leeks? That is a bloody funny name, man. I'm sorry. Haters. What can I say? The haters are out there. All right, so just before we start, let's just get the social media stuff out the way. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. If you're on iTunes, subscribe. It's free. And give us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. Um, We have Patreon, so subscribe, $3 a month. The link is in the description of the podcast, Half Open Eye. All we do is basically talk about race. (laughs) Yep. And 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 black stuff, but you know we're, we're we're left to what the people want us to talk about, and that's what they give us to talk about. So uh, this week we're going to be watching a Zidane documentary, so it's going to be a change of pace. So we're going to be good. But if you want to help the show out monetarily, and you have a little something you want to put in the collection plate, then put it in there. And uh, every every little bit is much appreciated. So shout out to you guys. Um, have hope. Where can people find you online? Um, you can find me. Half halfhopehot.com anywhere anywhere you, just type half hope online and you, and you can find me cool and Neeks tell us about your platform tell us about what you do before we get going yeah Neek Sports on YouTube Neek Sports Insta on Insta Neek Sports on Twitter um, and on Facebook actually if anyone's on there uh, yeah we do obviously football as, as a standard um, but we also do reviews on things like cricket Formula One we've got a podcast as well Neek Sports Podcast Literally, type in Nick Sports Google, you'll see us everywhere, but we cover all sports, not just football. Charles Leclerc is a hypocrite. Was it? Sometimes football uh, disappoints you, so you need you need a getaway. So I'm glad that I cover all sports. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, yeah, ch- check it out. Nick's is a great follow. I encourage everybody to go check out his platform. It's, it's dope. So the temptation is to start with United, but let's be professional, and let's talk about the real big news from today, which was that the Court for Arbitration of Sport has decided all Man City did a little bit of shenanigans, but not enough to that would warrant a two-year suspension from European competition. So their fine that was 30 million euros has now been reduced to 10 million and they will be able to participate in next year's Champions League. So double H, what do you think the ramifications of this are? 
are you happy, excited, indifferent? Like, what what is your kind of emotions on this? Um. Oh my God! Why do you eat every time? <laughs> Why do you talk to me when I'm eating? <laughs> it's it's such bad timing. I said, okay, look, I'm sure this guy's gonna like give your comments first, then comes. You always pick the worst timing. Okay, it wasn't surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I made the comments of like, ah, oh, it's not surprising, blah 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 blah, where you know that it's not gonna happen. A lot of City fans on Twitter said to me that, well. If you actually look at the evidence, rather just be reaction and look at the evidence, there was never any evidence there to begin to, to begin with. So you guys are just sort of hitting on City. But the point is, this is this is the larger point. Forget about looking at the evidence, what the evidence was. Why even take us through this whole rigmarole in the first place when we knew how it was going to end up? <laughs> so it's like, see, that's the thing that just annoys me is that look at how it's ended. It's like people predicted this. Initially, as well as say, okay, okay, it's probably going to be a two-year ban. It might be like a one-year ban. But then as we went closer and closer, I said, wait, hang on, wait a minute. This is more for football. Money's involved. It's Man City. No, it's not, not, not going to happen. So the annoying thing is, why did you even initially charge them to begin with? Why? This is the most, one of the most useless organizations on the planet <laughs> where you, 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 you came in to do a job and for the last five, six years, you've not done that job. You're, you're, you're useless. You don't actually do anything because you don't have the balls to. Please, please, get rid of FFP. Get rid of this, this, this clowns. Football is how it is. And it's always going to operate like how it operates because too much money is being made. And we're dealing with human beings. We're not dealing with machines or perfect creatures. We're dealing with human beings. Whenever money is in, involved, it is how it is. We also what happened with Blatter, what happened with FIFA, what has happened with the Olympics. Not so surprising. Rather than just the, the decision, the real thing is, aha, what it now means in the Premier League. And I think the beauty about this is it's now a top four discussion. I think it's a bit harsh on UEFA, if that's who I felt was um, alluded to, because the issue is that it's been overturned by Cass. UEFA handed out the punishment. I don't believe UEFA even really thought they were going to I, I agree with it, taking us through the rigmarole. I don't believe UEFA really thought they were going to get their decision at the end. They probably feel they had to flex their muscles. They had to show like they were doing something. But the power doesn't lie with them, as we have seen. They've, they handed out the two-year ban, 30 million euro fine. And Casa said, well, no, no, you can't do that. Remember, this is UEFA's competition, by the way. No, you can't do that. Uh, we're going to overturn that decision. And we're just going to give them a 10, euro, 10 million euro fine just for not cooperating. Because obviously City from the outset said, basically, they basically said, F you UEFA. F you UEFA. We ain't giving you no evidence. We don't trust you. We don't care about you. We don't respect you. Mm-hmm. We're going to go straight to the people above. So yeah, do what you want. We're not providing you no information. We're going to the people above. That is a disrespect. But UEFA, what can they do? What can they, are they going to cancel the Champions League because they, they feel they've been hurt? No, they're not. So I think City... City knew that. They knew UEFA didn't have the overriding and the final decision. I mean, Castor even had the final decision, to be fair. It can go to uh, the Swiss court, but I don't think UEFA are going to take it there. I'd be very surprised they did. But as FFP in general, I think the rule is... The FFP ruling is is poor anyway. I don't, I, I don't see... That is not going to stop what we're seeing happen in football still. Because since it's been brought in, we've still had clubs go into administration. Berry has disappeared from the face of the planet. Is it really working? Are these these bodies really stopping, you know, unscrupulous owners coming and basically run a club into the ground? No, it's not. It's not. All FFP is doing 
is making it harder for the smaller teams to compete with the bigger sides. You know, Man City wouldn't be here if FFP was around in 2008. Chelsea wouldn't be where they are if FFP was around in 2003. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think F- FFP... Yeah, relax, chill, chill, chill. Yeah, leave, leave, leave Bram alone, leave Bram alone. Chelsea were in a, a mid-table or maybe European club, sixth, seventh place, not getting into the Champions League. And then the money came... Um, and and now they're just now they're one of the bigger clubs in Europe. So that's was, an oversimplification, if we're going to be real, because they because they they, they, they were fourth before Abramovich came. Uh, okay, fair enough. They were fourth. They were fourth, but they hadn't won a title in fifty years. They weren't buying the kind of players that they bought when Abramovich. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just saying, like Chelsea weren't some like no, they, they weren't Man City. They were, yeah, 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 yeah. We knew who they were, but uh, yeah, I just think. FFP in its, in its current guys isn't doing what UEFA say is there to do, which is to help clubs basically become sus- self-sustainable. Right. See, because my my inclination when FFP first came was like, oh, this is a good idea. It's going to help teams not go into debt and it's going to like stabilize the, the transfer market and everything. But the more I've kind of thought about it, the more I've, I've realized that it was just implemented to prevent new teams or owners with a lot of money from buying lesser clubs and building them into powers that can then challenge the already established European elite. It's just a safeguard to just stop, you know, the Chelsea's, the Man City's, the PSG's from just, oh, so now Real Madrid is under threat. Now Barcelona's under threat. Now Manchester United, mm-hmm. Liverpool, uh, AC Milan, even like all of these clubs are now under threat technically because anybody could just go buy... I don't know, Granada, and you just throw 200, 300 million in a transfer window and nobody can stop you. So that's what I've always thought. But that, but there's this inclination, obviously, that like, obviously what's bad for City is good for the rest of us. So like, I kind of want to celebrate the idea. I would have wanted to celebrate the idea, rather. City are now banned from Europe and the, the timeline would have gone crazy. Aha, where's Pep going to go? Where's De Bruyne going to go? All of this, all of that. But the more I think about it, if FFP really is dead, or at least this is it's trending in that direction. Mm. When I look at European leagues, like what 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 FFP has essentially done is created autocracies. Because in Germany, the only, the, the only team that's really there is Bayern Munich. You could say Dortmund, but we know Dortmund are forever the little brothers. So imagine if some big owner could just go buy Ingolstadt and just put in 300 million euros mm. and then challenge Bayern Munich. Well, that can't happen right now because they don't have the financial wherewithal. In Italy, Juventus have won the league nine times in a row. (laughs) In France, I think PSG have won seven of eight, perhaps eight of nine. Um, (laughs) So it's it's a joke in everywhere, but that's because these teams that could be bought. So, for instance, like a Monaco. Monaco was bought by some rich Russian dude, but then FFP came before. Because remember, they bought Falcao, they bought Hamas, they bought a whole bunch of players, but then they had to sell them because dude went through a divorce and obviously the FFP regulations, then somehow they found a way through their young talent and all that kind of stuff to win a league. But the point being, Monaco weren't an established team, so there's really nobody in France to compete with PSG. So the more I think about this ruling, if FFP does die, then in Germany, France, and Italy, the clamoring for the European Super League might die down a bit if you have owners who are able to buy clubs and establish uh, a more intense form of competition. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. The, the only thing I say about Germany that is like completely frowned upon over there. Look at the kind of hate that Leipzig get 
And there's, a, there's another club there who are... Berlin. They Hertha, Hertha Berlin, I think. They have a Berlin. They don't have like the 50 plus one kind of thing mm-hmm. going on there. And they don't get the hate. They don't get the, the love of like the other German teams get. But as an outsider looking in, those leagues need competition. And competition is what sport is all about. If you just know every season who's going to win the league and all you're doing is competing just to be in Europe, for what purpose? You're not going to win in Europe. You're just there to put the money. Like, it's just a business model that you're churning out. Like Borussia Dortmund, you know, I respect what they're doing. They're exciting, etc. But their model is not designed to win. It's there to make, you know, to develop players, make money and keep that going around. Right. But if they had, like, let's say, some kind of investment, they'll be able to keep those players. They wouldn't have to then sell them on. They wouldn't be a, um, a feeder club for, yes. the bigger, for the bigger clubs in Europe. And it would bring more eyes from globally onto those leagues because they're exciting. Everyone wants to see competition. Well, see, this is, this is the thing. Like uh, Norwich this season will make more money from television than Juventus will. Mm. If, if you're Juventus, you're looking at this like, wait, so you mean like the 15th or 20th team in the Premier League makes more money than we do by TV? What do you mean? <laughs> so so now... So yeah, didn't we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at that crazy so, charts where like so, the 20th team gets more than the 6th team. Yeah. Right, so it's the idea that if you're a Juve, a Bayern, a PSG, we're winning our league, cool, but we're not reaping the television or financial benefits from it. So we need to do something. And that something has been posited as a super league. So let's just break all the good teams off from all the top leagues and put them in one. And that way the teams like Bayern, Juve, PSG can now make comparable money to what the Premier League already has. But the Premier League, the the, the reason that Norwich makes so much money is because people watch the Premier League because it's competitive in air quotes. It's really not. And, and, and also, yeah, there's that as well as the fact that the Premier League also spread their money evenly mm-hmm. across um, across the division. And then you, there's a little bit of a bonus depending on what position you finish. Whereas, right. especially up to a few years ago, maybe five years max, that I know Real Madrid and Barcelona, they were um, negotiating all their own personal TV deals. Yeah. And they basically, uh, of all the money that was going through La Liga, 80% of the TV money was Real Madrid and Barcelona. So <laughs> it, it automatically created that indifference where yeah. you, you have to pull out all stops like Simeone was doing with Atletico to even think about challenging, just to have it in your mind. It's crazy. It, yeah, it's crazy. So, so yeah, so that's why I think if if we can kill FFP, they're going to be some close that just you know they 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 fuck up, <laughs> and that's that's kind of just a consequence of the, uh, of the business of football. But if the if the benefit is we can save the Bundesliga from a dictatorship, we can save Serie A or Liga A from just the hegemony that exists, then I think that's a net positive for football in general. What do you think about that idea, Double H? It would help because, again, I always use the example of Monaco and Dortmund. It's about creating a better sense of parity. Now, if that was to happen, it will take time. Mm-hmm. It won't happen just in one season. It will take like a few years. But over the course of a few years, aha, you'll now be seeing that maybe there'll be greater parity and a better, more competitive playing field. But obviously without it, I don't see why Barney can't win the next five straight or why Juventus <laughs> can't win the next. No, wait, wait, no, no. It's like you're, you're laughing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing. At, I'm laughing at the absurdity. Yeah, of, yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that's a real possibility. Yeah, and no, I agree no, no, no. It's no, like it's real. Like it's not even like for me, it's, it's actually, it's actually even gone beyond like being humorous. It's like, this is real. 
and no one really cares that Barney can win the next five straights. And it's like, yeah, sure, because they're so far ahead. For me, it's still ahead. kind of funny because I, I remember when I, I, when you first kind of get into football and you're kind of doing like the research and stuff. And one of the, I remember going to to to, to, to like, I, I did my research on Lyon basically, and this was like in the midst of them winning the titles. I'm like, oh, what they they've won like four in a row, and then that happened into seven in a row. I was like, this is ridiculous. But now I'm I'm imagining like a young kid who they might be like three years old, five years old, whatever. They grow up and they're 20 and they look back and they, so Juventus won Serie A 13 times in a row? Like what the <laughs> fuck was happening in Italy? Like Bayern Munich won nine in a row? Like what? So I'm just imagining like the little kid now that's just like, yo, this is crazy. Like what were they doing in Italy? Like what happened? Um, Okay. If, if we could talk about the ruling itself quickly before we get into United and the homie Obafemi. If your infraction is worth a 10 million euro fine, how is a suspension not justified given that amount of money? This is the only thing that I'm curious about. So Kaz looks at it and is like, yeah, they messed up worth 10 million euros. But the suspension, ah, I don't get that. No. See, what you need to, what you need to get is that the Cash 10 million money, they've been, they've been completely exonerated. So what's the fine? So the fine is for not cooperating with the investigation. That's all it is. Because they didn't, because they, basically, it's like legal fees, so to speak, because it it, it didn't need to, it's like it didn't need to get to Cass in the first place. If they had provided the evidence that they did to Cass, if they provided that evidence to UEFA, you would think, you know, by, Cass are basically saying, if they provide that to UEFA and comply with the investigation, then they would have been cleared from the initial outset because they never provided any uh, evidence or information to UEFA. That's why UEFA basically went, well, this is the evidence we've got. So we're going to ban you based on this. You haven't proved otherwise. So this is what we're going to go with. And they only provided that to Cass because, and the reason why they did did that because they don't don't trust UEFA. They think they're being picked on and they, yeah. So they're basically like, well, we're not going to provide to you because you're going to ban us anyway do what you want to do. We're going to go straight to cash. So that's what the 10 million, the 10 million was actually a reduction from the 30 million purely, purely for a non-corporate. Where does that money go to? Do we know this? No idea. <laughs> who's, who's, who's the UA for president? Probably. No, 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 okay. Shefferin, Shefferin. Yeah. Okay, so now this is complete conspiracy theory. But what if UEFA brings charges against clubs they know won't beat the charges, but they know at the end they'll probably get like, Five million here, ten million here, twenty million there. If they just get the fines, is that what the is that what the point of this is? Conspiracy theory. Neither of you have to say anything because I don't <laughs> want anybody to get arrested or you know snuck up on. Anyway, it's ultimately good for the Premier League. I think the top four race is now exciting because people are like, oh, you might get fifth. No. So speaking of, we have some stuff to talk about. And these we've given you, you know, maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes to maybe cool off. We've diverted your attention from, you know, what just happened at Old Trafford. But I, I want to get your thoughts, man. I, I know it's soon. It's raw. It's, it's hurting you in the heart. But uh, your team is still fifth based on a 96-minute equalizer. So what's going on with your club, man? Give us give us a download. Yeah, I've done my match review. So, and the same thing I'm going to say there is what I'll say here. I'm not going to go in on the guys because we are 18 games unbeaten. We've been playing well prior to lockdown. We've been playing well post-lockdown. The same team has played pretty much all the games barring the first half of the Spurs game or maybe first three quarters of the Spurs game. It's the same 11. And that's the reality. We have to kind of play that first 11 because the backup 
is nowhere near on the same level as that team. So anytime you make you do make changes, like we saw when we played Norwich in the FA Cup, it's a big, big drop down. You know, there's only a few positions where I'd say we've got proper cover. I would say maybe maybe centre back when Bailly's at his best, but you can't really trust trust Bailly in terms of fitness wise. Maybe Brandon Williams at left back and what Igalo, he can do a job up front, but he's no Martial. He can do a good job, but he's not Martial. But we've re- I, that's the only three subs I really trust. The rest of them are it's a massive, massive drop down from um from the first eleven. So Solskjaer has to go with the same team. But I have to credit Southampton today. Now we did not play well. We didn't play well. Our passing out from the back was slow. Their pressing was immense from minute one right onto the end. Um, I I was thinking at one point maybe they might tire out but they've got like one of the top running stats in the in the league so they were always going to go and really intrigued the only time we we took control of the game was just after they scored their first goal um and i would say so about maybe the last well not the last but about 35 minutes of the first half other than that the start of the game and the, the second half southampton were they dominated the ball they dominated possession they were doing more of the pressing we were hitting them on the counter attack but are passing from back. So trying to um, actually pass out and beat their press was poor um, and holding on to the ball too long. And then our passing the final first, it lacked because we had a, a number of opportunities, a number of opportunities to either put in that final ball. Genuinely from Bruno, Bruno's passing wasn't good. A few chances to put Rashford in or whoever it may be and, and the pass was either too short or too long. There was one opportunity where Kyle Walker-Peters handballed it, stopped it going through to Rashford. But we had chances. Don't get it wrong, we did have chances. Marshall should have made it 1-0. Rashford created a great little one-two, went through Kyle Walker-Peters' legs, gave it to Marshall, got it back. It's a great chance. Great save or, or block, I don't know. Both of the defender and keeper kind of came in on him, but it's a good chance. He's, he's, he's in front of the goal. So we had the chances to kill the game. And I really felt we needed to kill the game because Southampton always looked a threat and we didn't get that final goal and then things I'm not say conspired against us but even though you can make five subs you only have three spots in which you can actually make them so we had made our four subs already I think it was four three or four and when Luke Shaw went off no sorry not Luke Shaw when uh, Brandon Williams went off injured we couldn't make the other sub even though we had spare subs on the on the bench and we played we played at the last eight minutes of stoppage time with 10 men and ultimately conceded from a very good corner. Jane Ward-Prowse set-piece ability is brilliant. Um, Matic misses the header in terms of a finger defender gets in front of him and Lindelof is on the wrong side of Obafemi. It wasn't it wasn't great defending. We kind of, um, we, we let it go because at that moment, you're down to 10 men, there's maybe two or three minutes left. Everyone needs to be completely switched on. You shouldn't be losing anyone. How, how is Lindelof on the wrong side? Yeah, it was. It's disappointing. The way we lost it so late, it feels like. Oh, I say lost it, lost the win. It feels like a loss because yeah. it was so late. Um. Okay. No, Nix, we haven't had you on the podcast before. So, what are your thoughts on the whole Ali experiment? Like, are you are you with his tenureship? Like, do you want it to continue? Are you... <laughs> it's, it's not an experiment. He's the manager. I know. Yes, I know. He came in as a as a interim. He got the job because we went on that great run and things had changed in the, in the dressing room, etc. Then we went on a bad run. But he is the manager. It's not an experiment. But I think people need to accept that Sosa, as unattractive as it may be, he's not a fancy name, Jurgen Klopp, Ralph, Al Hasenhutl. You know, it's not a fancy name. It's just, 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, ex-Man United legend, Man United legend, blah, blah, blah. Ain't done nothing in the game worth talking about as a manager, but he's our legend. People need to accept that he is the manager. And I've accepted it a long time ago. I felt we gave him the job too soon. I think we should have waited to the end of last season. There was no need to give it to him. We did. Mm-hmm. However, I understand that they were looking in terms of the summer. We said, you know, they said, you are the man. You are the man we're going to take us forward. And he has done a good job considering all the circumstances that he came into and the circumstances that still surround Man United in terms of the structure of the club, the owners, the, the, um, the chief executive and Ed Woodward, everything that still surrounds the club. There's still a lot of dead wood in the club that need to go, whether they're on loan at the moment or still there. Oli has done a good job. Oli is not the greatest coach. Nothing in his CV or his repertoire shows that he has done that yet. He needs to prove that. But he has been a brilliant manager this season because this team and this club need need management. Crucial point in the game was that was that Rashford. Well, I don't know whether you want to call it a miss or great to defend it. That was a key moment. No, no, no. It was it was great defending. That's what it was. It was yeah. Bertrand. It was Bertrand. Like Bertrand had no right to get that. But no, know, no. Tr- like, I mean, but then again, you can just say like if Rashford was a lot sharper, a lot because I think Rashford he thought that he didn't even think Bertrand was was going to get there. So if he had been a lot quicker, a lot sharper to it, because he was right there, it's cousin. But again, superb tackle by Bertrand. But again, if Rashford scores that three-one, game over. Mm. Because when United turned the game around, I was like, yeah, this is why these guys are, are is going to get top four because their attacking options is just stupid. Martial is a ridiculous player. Like, I've always <laughs> known that, and when he went through his sort of, I don't want to say decline, just through the whole Mourinho thing, I was like, even then I still said, nah, nah, nah. This guy is an extremely good forward player. And when you just look at the brutality of that goal he scored, I'm like, this is really ridiculous. And even in the second half, when he was sort of like, I think it was like 3-1, but it was just him and another defender, he took the defender to flipping school. He bamboozled him, just like he didn't get the angles right in getting it in in the top corner. But just the way that you just saw how United play and when you use the attacking options, you're like, man, this is crazy. But the thing about football is at 2-1, you just never know. It's a psychological thing because United, I think that, yeah, it's Southampton, but they're not really playing for anything. So we should be good. Yeah, we won this third goal, but we should be good. And Southampton are like, we're still on here to win a game. Even if we've got nothing to play for, league table-wise, we still want to just, because there's just a natural competitive nature in just winning a game. And, and I think it's just one of those things that like when the... Because initially, I thought it, it, it was straight from the corner. So I was like, wait, how... What? But then when I saw like my Nigerian compatriots wheel away, I was like, ah, so so he got the call. He got the call. I was but worried he, he might be offside, but then I saw Lindelof's defending. I was like, okay, he's cool. Like, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He, he hugged him and he scored at the same time. So we're good. <laughs> no. But, but, but you see, like, I remember when we were looking at the fixtures, even basically when even me and Daniel were looking at the fixtures, and even when we were looking at the fixtures on the football dog, we were like, oh, yeah, win, win should be a win and everything. You just never know. You That's can't. why. You see, like, I, I used to do that, but you, you can't do that. Can't. Especially in, in this league, you can't do it. And there's nobody in the stadium. Like, there's there's no home field advantage necessarily. So it's like you can't do. Oh yeah, that's a win. That's a draw. I, uh, uh, they'll probably lose the that one. Like it's it, you, it's hard to do that. Look at the weekend. Like obviously Chelsea Sheffield is a tough game. But yeah, Chelsea Sheffield is a tough game. Fair enough. It, you know Chelsea can lose that game. Maybe not three 0 but they can lose it. Mm-hmm. But nobody expected Bournemouth to beat Leicester, and in the way they did, it's crazy, man. Didn't Liverpool drop points? Yeah. Watford won. Villa won. 
and uh, West Ham won. Basically, basically, nobody won the accumulator this week. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Nobody out there hit their like two pound ACA, whatever it is. So now that we know there's only four spots, mm. so we know one, we know two. Who are three and four? Basically, I've always said that three and four will be occupied by Chelsea and United. I just don't know who's who's third and fourth. Leicester mm. City, that's a nasty running. They will drop. They will drop points. Mm-hmm. They will drop points because Sheffield United, they seem like a team reborn. I don't know whether it was me and you or someone else where we said that that Leicester City United game will me will be meaningful. But then I think it was Nick that said, "Oh, United will will already be clean clear by by the time that's there." But the way that things are looking, that game might not only be meaningful for United and Leicester City, but it could also be meaningful for Chelsea as well. The last day of the season, where Chelsea has to play Wolves, Wolves which is yeah. going to be easy, and then but then it's guaranteed that either Leicester or perhaps both, it's it's guaranteed somebody's dropping points. Someone, someone, someone will drop points. So, so basically, it's a great fixture for Chelsea. That they both play each other on the last day of the season. That, that's very good for Chelsea because someone, as I said, someone is going to drop points. I still don't know in what order, but for sure, Leicester City are dropping out. They are dropping out. I've done the maths, guys. I've done the maths. Okay. Oh, oh wow. Professor Nick, tell us, bro. I hope loves the maths. I've done the maths. I've run the numbers, and it has come out going into the last game of the season. <laughs> so after 37 games, Manchester United will be. On 65 points. Chelsea will be on 64 points. Mm-hmm. And Leicester will be on 61 points. Which means Chelsea just need a draw against Wolves in the last game of the season to get top four. Show us your work. Ah, that's, that's that is where all the you get all the marks in the workings. Even if the exactly, answer's wrong. Exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. Also, you know, Nick's he, he's a world-class mathematician, man. So this is this, <laughs> this is what he does. He, he does numbers. He does Show numbers. us the work. So Next game is Chelsea against Norwich. That's a win. That's three are you sure? Are you, are you sure? sure? Are you sure? Mix, are you sure? 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 Come on, guys. No, 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 no. We're not doing that here. We're not doing that here. We're not doing that here. No, sorry. That's that's not a guaranteed win. With these, with these boys, nice. No, not a guaranteed win. No, sorry. Okay, but no. I will not question every result. I'm just going to let you go. I have got Leicester drawing away to Sheffield, and I've got Manchester United winning away at Palace. Okay, we're making some assumptions, but of all course, right. of course, everything's all assumptions. My yeah, work yeah. is in it. Next game, I've got Chelsea drawing with Liverpool. I've got Man United beating West Ham at home. Okay, and I've got Leicester drawing with Spurs. Okay, so that's yeah, how. No, 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 that's fair because I might even say Spurs would beat Leicester. So okay, I'll they give could. You. And Sheffield could beat Leicester as well, mm-hmm. and Liverpool could beat Chelsea. But as a Man United fan, I've gone with the. Worst case scenario for the rivals, so because Chelsea ain't beating Liverpool, let's get. I think I think we can make that clear. Anfield, but I think the worst, the best case scenario for for Chelsea is to get a draw. Leicester ain't beating both Sheffield and Spurs, guaranteed. They'll be lucky to win one. Mm. So, but if they do, if they do, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The last, last, the last game, I don't know. It's, it's all up in the air. That's I can only take it to thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> As Thierry Henry used to say when he was talking about Pep Guardiola's football, so Pep would take us three quarter, two thirds of the pitch, and the last third is up to you, lot. Do what you need to do for the goal. Only take you the game with thirty-seven. After that, it's up to them. Okay, is it a benefit if Arsenal don't get European football at all? 
Because the, the, the assumption, of, I'm seeing a lot of Arsenal fans after their loss, they're saying, yo, it could be a good thing that we don't get European football because you see what Leicester did when they didn't have it? You see what Chelsea did when they didn't have it? But then on the flip side, I've, I've seen a lot of people saying, bro, we don't have any cash. We don't have any money to spend. So, <laughs> so, so we need European football, even if it's Europa, so we can buy some better players because what we have is debt. So do you think it's a benefit for Arsenal to miss European football at all and they should just stay like ninth? Stay as far away from Europa as possible, or do they actually need it? I I don't think it's gonna benefit us. Arsenal ain't gonna win the title because they're not in Europe. <laughs> Arsenal ain't got a team good enough. I don't care what Leicester done. It's not like Leicester were playing European football for all these seasons, mm. and then the one time they dropped out, they got into they won the champ they won the Premier League. It was just a freak. They had never been in Europe anyway. This was just a freak. They were challenging. They were fighting against relegation the year before. And then they went and won the Premier League. It ain't going to happen with Arsenal. It ain't going to happen. We can guarantee. I can I can guarantee you that. If nothing else, of all the math I've ever done, I can guarantee you Arsenal ain't getting more points than everyone else next season. With the Chelsea one. That, but that's just Chelsea. Chelsea are just hot and cold. In competition, in, in European competition or not, they would be flopping one season, sacking managers left, right, and center, and the next year they win the title, and the next year they flop again, and the next year they win the title. But see, like using Chelsea as an example is dangerous for Arsenal. It's very be- Chelsea be- are- be- because that was a title-winning side that just quit on Jose Mourinho. Then when Conte comes, they're like, "Oh yeah, like we just feel like playing football this year." And they won the league. It, it was a, it was a mutiny, and, and, and they added Conte. It was a mutiny. It was a mutiny. Yeah, so like the 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 championship winning side quit and then the next year they were back with Conte Arsenal have been nowhere near the league since when 15-16 maybe yeah yeah so it's been like four or five years so it's it's dangerous Chelsea had a title winning team that flopped Arsenal Arsenal have an eighth place team that flops like there's a difference exactly so and and as you said Arsenal ain't gonna go out and spend a hell of a lot of money to get into to, to win the Premier League next year so um, I think Arsenal should want to be. No, okay, there's two ways to look at it. If Arsenal are trying to get back into the top four next year, being in the Europa League might be the best thing to them because they could possibly go on and win it. For Arteta, I think if, if he's if he's a long-term plan for them, so they plan on keeping him for at least another two years, the best thing for him would actually to be outside of Europe because it gives him a week in between matches to really work on his players, especially if he, if he gets new players in the summer, he can really implement what he's trying to do. When you're having to fly on a go on a Thursday and a Sunday and a Thursday Sunday, you can't do that. There's not enough time. You're, you're resting more than anything during the week. So for Arteta, he might want to be outside of Europe and and implement what he is his tactics. He couldn't philosophy. say it publicly though, because that would mean I would no, love to no. lose my next three games. <laughs> no. well, if, I'm correct, if I'm correct, Klopp. His, when he joined, they were eight. Uh, they they finished yeah, eight that season. They got to the final of the Europa League, but mm-hmm. they they didn't qualify for European competition the next season. Is that correct? I'm sure. I think. That, I'm sure I, 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 yeah, yeah. I think eighth place. You don't get anything. Five, six, seven. So he was able to just work with them nonstop. Every and and you saw the, the fruits of of that labor. So I think for Arteta, being outside of the Europa League would be very very good. But for Arsenal, it ain't going to make a difference with where they are. Whether they're, they're going to win the league. Have have hope. What's your what's your theory on this? Like, is is would missing Europe be a good thing or would it be a detriment? I think that's what needs to happen. You have to look at the bigger picture here because Arsenal need a rebuild. It's also a rebuild. And I think Europe brings with itself issues. 
so it's like for Arsenal, what would you rather have? The extra fixtures, fixture congestion of the Europa League or forgo the Europa League, totally rebuild, rejig your team, cramp them up, and then you can actually find yourself in the Champions League in the next few seasons. Mm. It's a smarter thing to, to do. And not only that, when Chelsea won the title, were they in the Europa League? No. No, they finished 10th. Which, 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 which title? You mean with Conte or with Mourinho? Conte. Conte, Conte. Yeah, yeah. It was just a game every week. That, I think, could be very beneficial for us. Well, you know what? Just focus completely on domestic stuff. Not playing FC, look like me, blah, blah, blah. FC in flipping <laughs> Greenland, you know. So if if Aston have respect. that... Respect. And I don't care, look, look, respect, but look, it is what, 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 what it is. Um, they can put their focus on just domestic matters, rebuild, maybe actually have a better challenge in the Premier League race because you only have you have less games to focus on, and you could who knows you can end up becoming top top four back in the Champions League. It's my it would probably be a smart thing to to do. It's a, it's similar because someone sends me a tweet of I think it was. I can't remember the year, Real Madrid against Ajax, where Mourinho told um, Ramos and Javi Alonso to intentionally get a red card mm. so they couldn't be suspended for the next... Look, my Mourinho is a G, man. <laughs> Mourinho, that, that, that guy's a G. Tottenham are two points above Arsenal now, and they're in eighth. And I, I read a stat, I think Neeks even like re- replied to me on Twitter, but it was, if you extrapolate the percentage that Mourinho has over the course of a full season, Spurs would finish with 63 points. Yeah. Which wouldn't be enough for top four, but that's an improvement. It's like a 10 point improvement over the course of a season. So how how do you see double H this Mourinho project going? Do you think, Oh, it's just Mourinho. He always beats Arsenal. So this really isn't anything to really get that excited about, or is this like an improvement? Oh, no, no. One of results, hundred percent. One of look. I'm a, I I'm, tried a, I'm to a, set you up. I tried to. Yeah, I'm a Mourinho disciple. I'm a Mourinho disciple. One of results for sure. I feel that Arsenal should have won the game, and I was not coming in here saying, "Oh, this is a Mourinho masterclass." Mm-hmm. This is not going to work, and the reason why this is not going to work is Levy isn't going to give Mourinho the support that he needs because Mourinho is a guy who I need specific players. What was his biggest complaint at United? I wasn't supported in the transfer market. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But he wasn't supported at Chelsea. But he hey, was but just at Chelsea. Okay, this thing that bring, like guaranteed you won't get that support from Levy, which is why I find it very. I want to know the conversation he had with Levy because you do know that you're not going to get supported in the in the markets by Levy. Levy's not going to give you 200, 300 million to, to spend on players. So. I just don't know how this is. This project will yield a trophy because the the aim is a trophy. The Premier League is very competitive. Top four is not guaranteed. FA Cup, as long as City and Liverpool are in there, it's always going to be hard to win an FA Cup. Carabao Cup, maybe, and European trophy that is out of the question. So, can I pause you quickly? How about Chelsea third with a fourteen plus goal difference? <laughs> United have a plus twenty six. Leicester have a plus twenty nine. Chelsea only have a plus 14, and they're in third. Look at all those goals conceded, bro. 49 <laughs> goals conceded. I'm just saying, Kev, your your thoughts on the Spurs situation. Yeah, I do believe it was a one-off. The same issue we had undoubtedly at times, I think Spurs are having in terms of finding a way to break down 
the smaller teams. Partly to do with the players, the players at his disposal, but it's probably more to do with Jose's tactics. He needs to go for it against the smaller teams. You've got better players man for man. Your attacking line of Mora, Son and Kane is one of the best in, in, the, in the league. You need to allow those players and probably with Le Celso, or, you know, Bergwijn if he plays, whatever, you need to let them play. And I know he doesn't, I think the issue is he doesn't trust, it's not his defence, he doesn't trust his defence. And I think it was the same case of Man United, he didn't trust our defence, which, you know, rightly so to, up to a point. So he was ultra defensive, um, for want of a better term, to, comp- to overcompensate for the lack of defence. But when you look at someone like a Jurgen Klopp, when Liverpool didn't have the defence, he was like ultra attacking, was like, I know we're going to concede, so I'm going to make sure that we score more than you. And then you'll get certain games where they would be, they'll, they'll be 2-1 up, 3-2 up, and they concede late because that's what they do. But you get other games when they're blowing teams away in the first half. So he's gone the other direction where it's like, all right, because we haven't got defenders, we're going to defend more and hope that our attackers can nick a goal. Um, and I think, especially coming out of the, the way they used to play, it's a, it's gonna, it's a difficult, difficult transition for a lot of those players. And I think he needs to really change. He's, he has to go and get all the players that he wants, which he's not going to get, or he needs to adapt to the players that, he's, that he has, as opposed to hoping that these players adapt to him because they're not going there. Not in this day and age. These players will leave before they adapt to what he wants to do. We had two more things to talk about before we get to questions. Um, the most pressing issue, I believe, would be the La Liga title race. So the gap is, if memory serves, four points. I think Madrid are on 83 and Barcelona are on 79 points, I think. Correct. And there's two games left. So in theory, Barcelona could still win. But in reality, I think we know where this is going. So uh, (laughs) Real Madrid beat, somebody correct me, they beat Granada Granada. today. Yeah. 2-1. I saw my timeline, Benzema scored. And Mendy scored. Mendy scored a crazy goal. Yeah, amazing goal, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did he score from that angle? Um, your thoughts on La Liga, man. When it's over, I'll then admit that I was wrong, but I still believe Barcelona <laughs> will win. Yo, it, you're still holding on to it. Yeah. Like, let like, it go. Let it go. Minimum. Let it go, man. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm never like, no, no. I'm, I, don't, I don't just change like, like, like the wind. Just think about this. Real Madrid have let in less goals than Atletico Madrid. That's, <laughs> That's amazing. A That's a stat. That is a stat. Respect Zidane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At what point do we start putting real respect on Zidane? Surely this season, when once they lift that league, we have to start putting respect on it because it's so easy to dismiss what he done because of the team that he had. Mm-hmm. But regardless of the team that he had, when we think that most of most people say that that Barcelona team that Pep had is the greatest club team of all time, a lot of people, a lot of people never agree. defended their CL title. They didn't do that. And I, and that's not a shame because most, well, nobody has since AC Milan in 1990 and the competition mm. changed after that. It made it much more difficult to defend it. Yeah. They won it in 2009. Then they won it in 2011. They six in a year, six trophies in, in a year, um, you know, multiple La Liga, et cetera, et cetera, playing beautiful football, but they never defended it. They didn't, and they definitely didn't win it three times in a row. So, I would say, no matter how good your team is, to still achieve what Zidane did, it can't just be down to the players you got. Because if it was, Pep would have done it. So, I, and and now this will be this will be his second La Liga title. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. second. 
you have to really start putting him up there with the best managers in the world right now. You have to. It doesn't matter how he's done it. He has got he's won two La Ligas and three Champions Leagues. You see, I don't want to jump ahead too quickly, but that is why a lot of people are picking them to overturn the whole thing against Man City, which I think is crazy. But yeah, so at what point do we start putting Zidane in the top two? Bro, I mean, see, I was one of those that said... Eh. Wait a minute. No, if Pep has to coach Scunthorpe, then <laughs> then, 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 who does Zidane have to manage in order for you to believe it? <laughs> I'm talking, talking. <laughs> because, no, because, like, look, he, he took over a team that won a Champions League under under Carlo, then he won three in a row. Now he has two La Ligas. If your argument is I need to see Pep with Scunthorpe, then who does it then have to manage? I don't want to say he's been given it, but he's been as close to giving it as possible. I think. How, how in terms of what? Given what? He got a prime team. Ronaldo no. scores a goal a game. He has Bring a midfield of Casemiro, Modric, a Ballon d'Or winner, and Cruz. He's, he's got Sergio Ramos, who's probably wait, 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 wait. the best centre-back in, in, this, in this era. Wait, 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 wait. Key thing is this. Let me respond. I've got a response to that because look at the with Pep and Barcelona. Are we now going to say Luis Enrique is this fantastic coach? Pretty much same <laughs> team, but, but, but like that. He, he flipping one A. Why does Luis Enrique have to catch subs every time? Like, no, no, always, or just no, straight no. bullets. Like, yeah. he wasn't in this conversation. <laughs> but see, my thing is that Benitez had that same team. These guys looked completely lost. Solari came in, looks lost. Lopteke came in, looks looks lost. This is my belief. Yes, he deserves a lot of praise. Yes, we need to start putting a lot more respect on his name. And yes, we need to start saying that, no, this guy isn't just lucky. He there's some managerial quality that he has. Mm. But I do feel this is just a perfect marriage. It, I just that's, think... That's all I'm saying, bro. That's it's all a perfect I'm marriage. It, it, it fits. But I'm just saying, based on your logic, he, he has to go manage Brentford or somebody and pull them up from obscurity <laughs> and have them win the Premier League and get to a semi in the Champions League or something like that. That's all I'm saying. But it just works. Now, are they going to overturn Manchester City? No. But, you know, if they do, then maybe, you know, maybe. Um, so if, if we look at the – we have the Champions League draw pulled up. I, I would want to get into, like, why I hate draws and how long they take. But, <laughs> but I feel like we've had that conversation at least once or twice in the years that we've been doing this. So let's not. Half hope, if you could run us through the games, please. So this is so in the quarterfinal, we've got either Madrid or Man City will face the winner of Leon against Juventus in first quarterfinal. Second quarterfinal, we've got Red Bull Leipzig without Timo Werner against Atletico Madrid. Napoli, Barcelona, winner of that faces either Chelsea or Bayern. And either one, Atalanta against Paris Saint-Germain. You so guys don't maybe... think this looks odd. Like, how come all of the, the round of 16 games that haven't finished yet? are the ones that are playing against each other. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I know what you're saying. It's so it's like either or versus either or, and then either maybe or versus planned. either or. Is this, is this hot ball, cold ball? Or, no, or maybe they could just maybe they, there was a ball that had just the second round team. So they wanted to make it make it as fair as, as, as possible. I don't know. Anyway, it just looks it mm. looks strange. But because like when you're breaking it down, it's like Real Madrid or Manchester City versus Leon or Juventus. Like four names for one game. Mm. Um, you see, you see, 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 this is what I was saying because this is what again the question that obviously asked the guys in the dugout on Sunday was, what is harder, two legs or this one-off game? Because this is what this is my thing is. If for example Man City win the Champions League, 
you're playing every two days because this has to be done in August. So if Man City win their Champions League, they'll have to have beaten Real Madrid. Two days later, beat either Leon or Juventus, most likely Juventus. Two days later, beat either Barcelona or Bayern Munich. Then another two days later, beat either Atalanta or Atletico. <laughs> Was that a joke? Uh, <laughs> look, man. Look, 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 look. If, 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 if PSG conspire to lose against Atalanta, I'm never picking them again for anything. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You still pick them for anything? PSG were my pick to win the Champions League this year. Oh, wow. As they were last year and the year before. I'm what? sticking with I'm, you I'm, are deluded. I'm, I'm sticking with it until they win. Listen, that Atalanta game ain't going to be easy. It's nope. not because yeah. Paris are playing like PSG are playing who? What do they beat Le Havre nine zero? That's that's a that's a league de French team. I was looking actually at their fixture. Atalanta are out here slapping people like five two six three nine zero. They got a game against Waasland Beveren, which is a, <laughs> a Belgian team. Waasland Beveren. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're in the same league as Genk, and then they've got a friendly against Celtic. Um, so up in the ante, but then, however, they've got two competitive games they've got the cup final, Coup de France against uh Saint Etienne, mm-hmm. and the French League Cup final against Lyon. So they've got two competitive games, uh, a week and a half before that Atlanta game. So I think by then we would see they'll be good if they're ready. We'll see if they're ready because that 9 0 win against. Le Havre, whatever the bloody team is, that behave. You but, know what? That that Leon news is interesting. It is because are, it, what's what's the? I I need somebody to educate me here. What is the away goal situation with Madrid, City, Leon, Juventus? Like how how does this work? Well, no, 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 no. Well, so, well, the games are being played at the home stadiums. Yeah. So the away so, goal, so the is, goal is, a, is active. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, see, I thought all of these games were in Portugal. No, no, no. So, 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 so it's basically, basically, UEFA confirmed that the second legs would be played at the at the teams' home stadiums. Gotcha. But quarterfinal on, Lisbon. everybody's in Portugal. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I uh, see. I thought everybody was just going to a bubble. Oh, no, no, guys, well, if, no, no, no. Well, effectively, they are after the second round. They are, they will be going under a bubble. In, in Lisbon. So they're just going to stay in a hotel in Lisbon and just play all the games there. What do you think is going to happen? Have you given your predictions yet? It's, you see, for me, it's... I like this because it's like it's like the World Cup where you now know the kind of final mm-hmm. you can get. Because many people say, oh, ban UV finals. Like, Bro, why do you say ban UV final when we don't even know the draws yet? What the heck? <laughs> now, we now know that what we can get. Because see, the final everyone, I think, wants is PSG Bayern. I think that is the most ideal final. I don't but know about that. based on how good the teams are, what will be the most exciting final and so forth, it's PSG buying. But we're not we're not gonna get that because that's PSG Man City would be interesting. Like, any, hey, you guys have finally spent your way. Any game with PSG would be exciting. But, but then again, you've got Atletico Madrid, you can't ignore them. I know. Guys, uh, the the only combination that I will boycott watching is if Real Madrid get past City. Leon if, if, if we get Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid in another Champions League final, I'm not watching it. <laughs> and I'm, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. I'm not watching it because Real, I know no, what wait, will wait, happen. Wait, and wait, I'm not wait. watching you lose three. Real, Real are not beating Man City. I know. So I'm just saying this that. is the only combination of Champions League final that I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not watching it. If, if we get another Madrid derby, no, I'm not. I'm just not. Who wins in a Madrid derby final? 
Oh, what, what do you who, mean who wins? There's it, only it, one answer. There's always only been one answer. <laughs> That's why I'm not watching it. Wait, wait, wait. But wait, wait. Simeone <laughs> has never lost to a team that didn't have Cristiano. I don't so, care. So it should be Juventus that they should be avoiding. No. If I see Madrid Atletico, I'm not watching. I'm just not. But again, I don't know if they'll get past City. I don't think they will. Um, what semifinals do you guys want to see? Bayern Man City and PSG Atletico. No, no, that's not that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I want to see Juventus versus PSG in the final. But I'm realistic and sorry's trash. I will settle for a Bayern Man City semis and a Bayern Bayern Paris final. As I said, I want Juve Paris because I like Ronaldo, I like Neymar. Um, I and once that final happens, I'll be so relaxed. I don't care who wins because uh, it'll be win. Sad. If you sad. see, like, I, I want chaos. I want pure chaos. Give me like Napoli against Atalanta in the final. <laughs> just, just, just to nail what? down the idea that this whole thing is a joke. That like, why are we having one leg? Like, it's this. This isn't a real Champions League. Leipzig against Lyon. Like, make it happen somehow. This, no, no. See, this is one of the realest Champions Leagues ever. <laughs> That's the thing. The reason why this is real is this is very difficult. I told you, if Man City, Barcelona, win this, I will actually give them more credits than previous winners because it's a it's a grueling schedule. It's a grueling schedule. There's hardly any rest time, and it's one game. You don't have the cushion of, uh, I can always take it back to this stadium where I know that I'm very strong at. It's 90 minutes in neutral venue. Anything could happen. Okay. Now, this is interesting. If you're willing to give this format winner more credit, would mm-hmm. this be a format you would want to see continued? No. Because you see, no. Because I just, for excitement, I... The, sorry. It no, used no, no, to be no, played no. like single elimination. Yeah, no, no, but, 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 but basically, the, the, yeah. the away goal rule, I've always said, is, is literally one of the best inventions in football. It's an amazing rule. So two-leg away goal, we must always have that. But for what has happened based on COVID and so forth, this is what we're given. So, but I just think that it's like a blessing in the skies of, wow, we're, we've been given a very unique kind of champs, like a knockout, which is a crazy schedule and just something totally new. As much as people say, oh, it's not a real Champions League, this is really hard because the margin of error is now even less. Mm. Because Atlanta are like, bro, it's just one game. We just have 90 to minutes. 90 minutes. <laughs> you know? Or extra time. But... Yeah, or extra time. So, Yo, I'll do it. What if, okay, what if Atletico draw Leipzig nil nil and then advance on penalties and then they get PSG nil nil, advance on penalties and mm-hmm. then they beat somebody else on penalties? So, like, they never score a goal, but they win. <laughs> Atletico. Yeah. Uh, that okay. Would, they zero 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 zero, but they win. If like they win on penalties three times, <laughs> are, are, are you still going to give them credit? Yeah. yeah. A win is a win. A win is a win. <laughs> a win is a win. Trust me, man. Once once you show that medal and that trophy, that's all that matters. Did and you say your preferred semifinals though? Did you say your preferred semifinals? Oh, um, so obviously PSG, Atletico. Mm-hmm. Um. Bayern against Man City. All right, so let's do these questions and then we can get out of here. Um, how is it from Red Devilology that regardless of what point Uncle Moo is at in his career, in parentheses, some people claim that he's finished, he is <laughs> able to get a result against Arsenal? <sighs> See, people are haters. <laughs> and yes. the, like, Mourinho, he loves hate. 
bring on the, the bring on the bring on the hate. Bring on the hate because he's still on Kumu. And 2010 still lives. 2010 still lives. So you really are a decade in the past, though. Like it's it's, it's 2010. It's 2010. It's today. Thing, man. Oh, it's like it, a different decade. It was this, it was one of the biggest Champions League wins in history. Fact. No, 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 I, I love Mourinho, but 2010 is a long time ago. Let it go. Do, what, go. What, no, what, are any players who were they in that treble. team still active? He. It's a treble. No, 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 half hope. I'm, I'm asking a question. Or, yes, what? Are any of the players who played for Inter Milan mm-hmm. in that game in um, against Bayern are they active? Well, you know, define what? active. Let's run it. Let's run it down. What do you mean define active? I mean, are they still playing professional? Yes, so, so, so are they still in full? In full so, like Schneider's retired, Malito's retired, Eto's so, retired, they, so Lucio's so retired, Samuel's retired. Still involved in football? Is that always your question? Are they still involved oh, in football? Are they playing football? Is no, are they still playing football? Are they still that's, playing? that's how long ago it is that nobody's playing. I think the only person in the whole squad, and he didn't start the game, actually, he didn't play a minute of the game. Balotelli? Is Balotelli. <laughs> <laughs> and he was 19 at the time? Like he didn't get up <sighs> the game. The only Come two on. people from that Inter Milan setup that's still active in football is Jose Mourinho and Balotelli. So let it have a. I, I'm saying that to say, I know they won a treble ten years ago, but that's a long ass time ago. You know what have hope sounds like. You know you got the, that uncle. <laughs> who, you, you go around. Oh, you remember them days? But you, you weren't around in them days where. You know, <laughs> Why is there so much of this hate, man? Pulling out all these names you've never heard. <laughs> Like, Why is there so much of this hate? Just, just let, let me ride my treble narrative. Oh, the, oh, the question was, how was Mourinho still able to get results against Arsenal, even though people claim he's finished? Because people love to see a downfall rather than seeing a rise, and people cannot wait for the downfall of, of Mourinho. But, you know, look, I think that this project is going to be a failure, personally, because I said Mourinho should have gone to, to PSG, but I think the win just... Reminded people that well, you know, just hold off on just signing um, Mourinho's P forty five man. Chill, relax. All right. Um, next question from Ngozulu Matando. We kind of covered this one already. One word answer, guys. Is FFP dead? Um, one word. Not yet. That's two. <laughs> yes. Yes. We see. I um, da. Okay, this one's kind of complicated. From the Gowan 69. I read an idea in the Athletic, shout out to Carl, of a luxury tax for wage bills over a certain amount. The money from which would be circulated to clubs lower in the league. Thoughts on the efficacy of this policy as well as how it would be received by Europe's elite. Not so, I guess, so, so, so I guess Manchester City has, or just everybody in the Premier League, has a wage bill. You can only go above 1 million euros a week. And if you go above that, each euro you spend above a million is then taxed. So if you have a wage bill of 1.2 million euros, then you would have to pay the league 400,000 euros. And that 400,000 euros would then go into, I guess, the lower divisions and help grassroots and that kind of stuff. I think well, what in terms of when it comes to wages, what they need to do is you can have a wage cap, but as a percentage of your revenue. I think that makes more sense. Because Explain. It, because in the sense that you're saying if you earn this much, your wages, the wages that you pay your players can only be, for example, 50% of your revenue for, for argument's sake. Because what the problem is when it comes to football is that 
a lot of these clubs, like 80% of their revenue goes out on player wages and that's not very sustainable. Mm. So I think the, the main issue is that if you, if your revenue is above a certain level of, of your outgoings, then you're never going to be in, in problems. You don't have to, you don't end up in a place where you're having to fire sell players because your revenue is always, you know, 50% higher or whatever it may be than your revenue. When it comes to wage cap, it's, it's, I don't think that's going to really work because why must Manchester United pay Pogba the same that Timu Puki's getting at? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I feel you. It's a fiction of trade. You have to cross all European borders and that can't happen. You know, there's different rules in different countries. It works in like somewhere like the NBA because it's one country, America. You have a rule. They can't. They're not going to go anywhere else. They're not going to go Germany. Some of them do, do that, but they're not going to go Germany because all the money is in in the NBA. So I think right. a percentage of revenue is the best way to manage wages. Um, who has a better long term future, United or Chelsea? Can I get a one word answer from each of you? I think I'd say Chelsea. That's a tough one, man. It's tough. It's tough. Because because those United guys look good, and I'm looking at their ages, man. So so we say. Wait a minute. Let's just say they keep. Wait a minute. No, it's it's United. United. It is, that's what that's what I said. Like when when you think about it, man. Because Chelsea don't have a player like Greenwood or Martial. So yes, my one word answer is United. It's, it's like yeah, it's it's United, man. Mason Mount. To... Uh, Mason Mount. Mason Mount. <laughs> I'm gonna say Chelsea. <laughs> the reason why because of how they run. Chelsea's owner has a passion in football and getting results. Manchester United's owners do not. So Abramovich will do what's best for the football club, i.e. making footballing decisions. The Glazers will do what's best for their pocket. Mm. Um, Saints FC podcast says say hello to Carl for us. We will. Thoughts on data analytic teams in some of the biggest clubs in Europe. How important are they? Do they get the credit they deserve from Daniel Jones Ortega? Data analytics teams. So the stat crunchers at clubs. I guess the guys that are like, hey, he's ran 3.9 kilometers in the last 30 minutes. So we got to get him off the pitch or his hamstring will tear. Uh, to be fair, in this day and age, they probably get more credit than they've ever done because everything's about not everything. Numbers. Who scored and transferred. Yeah, everybody's yeah, looking really. at it. Sometimes it's going through Twitter and I'm just seeing... People just pulling all these numbers. Yeah, this person should play because they made this, that. And I'm like, XG. Game. I'm- you know what? Like, this is the first, well, not the first year. Like, the last two years, I never knew about, like, save percentage. <laughs> but since Kepa's arrived, I've been doing a lot of research <laughs> to save percentage. And it's interesting. It's interesting. So, yeah, Hapop, how do you feel about data analytics? Like, oh, no, if, this is a better question. If you were a manager, like, if you do, had to do a percentage, how much would you put into the data analytics people versus like some scouts? Like, like would you give it like I, I listen to them like twenty percent of the yeah, time, thirty percent, fifteen percent? I think I think in this day and age, you have to really pay attention because the most successful managers right now, they I'm not gonna say they swear by it, but they use it to a high a high level. So you know, if you're talking about the Klopp, he wants players going to press, blah 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 the numbers really can tell you how much they're doing that without you having to watch every game, you know, how many sprints per minute, how many, all that mm. kind of stuff. So it depends, I guess it depends what kind of manager you are, um, what, what style you're looking for. But I think it, as, as time goes on, it definitely, be, it definitely um, has a massive input in um, football clubs. All right, last question from the black emoji. 
Um, for the last few seasons, the race for the top four has been more competitive than the race for the title. What is it going to take to create an actual competitive title race? I'm assuming he means the Premier League. Last season. So I see he said for the last few seasons. I know. I'm saying last season we had one. Firstly, there's just more teams able to compete for the top four because it's a lesser target in that way. Like you need less points, so more teams are able to get that standard of points than it would take to get 90 points or 95 points or whatever the case may be. So that there's that. You're, I don't think you're ever going to have a title race more competitive than the top four because just more teams are in the top four. Or able to compete, you might have like five teams mm. to compete for two or one spot, yeah. whereas you might have two teams that are competing for the top spot. Yeah. Well, what I would say is that if Man United and Chelsea can have good summers, providing they both get in the Champions League, I think the title race or at least the gap between first and second and the rest will be closer. Yeah, that's the thing. Like The gap is so big. Like, How do you make up 30 points unless well, Liverpool well, drop? Liverpool did. Liverpool made up 30 points or, or 20, 25 points, I think it was, on Man City. In a the season. Before they got 90, yeah, the year mm-hmm. before they got 97 points. They mm-hmm. Remember, we finished in second, nine yeah. points behind. They okay. finished in fourth, I think, 25 points or so behind. And then they closed that. Man City didn't drop off. Liverpool had to improve. So it's not impossible, but I think realistically, I can't see Man United or Chelsea getting 90-odd points next year. <laughs> so we're going to need Liverpool um, to drop down. But what it means, if Man United and Liverpool, Chelsea both improve, we can take points off Liverpool, off Man City. To be fair, we're taking points off Man City this year, personally. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be there three times this year. No humble brag, humble brag, humble brag. But yeah, if we can take points off Liverpool, <laughs> then their points tally automatically drops down by... Let's say they were to lose two games by six points automatically. And what's the result after you get a after you they, they lose a game? Do they draw the next one? You know, what I can't So it's not going to be as tightly or so I say as widely competitive. You're not going to get four teams racing for the title, but we can make it more interesting going into the last, you know, three games or so rather than what we're doing now. Any last thoughts or do you guys want to you guys want to drop out? <sighs> this is a big week. This huge is, week. This huge is, week. Huge week. What's what? Well, why? What's going what? on, man? Listen, we got Chelsea, Norwich, Man United, Palace, Sheffield, Leicester, then the FA Cup. FA Cup. This is a season-defining week. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you don't get two wins, and it's impossible for Man United and Chelsea to both get two wins because we're playing each other in the FA Cup, but if you don't get two wins, you're going to be disappointed come the end of this week because you're either in the top four race but out of the FA Cup. Or you're out of the top four and you're in the FA Cup. Listen, it's a big week. Neeks, thank you for joining us this week, man. I really appreciate it. It was super late. Notice. Yeah, no, that was good, man. That was cool, man. Yeah. It was, it was thank, thanks for the dope. Thanks for the yeah, dope, man. Neeks, one more time, tell people where they can find you online. Um, Yeah, Neeks Sports on all social media. Neeks Sports Insta on Instagram. Uh, my personal Twitter is Neeks Kwamina. Um, our, our, our YouTube channel is not just football, it's cricket. We've got a big series of England going on at the moment. West Indies are 1-0 up. Um, two matches to play. Formula Black One. Power. The Formula One season started back. Um, so that's looking exciting at the moment. Ferrari are trash. Um, and yeah, and then obviously we're going to be reviewing and doing live streams as well for the upcoming um, FA Cup and Premier League and Champions League. How come, how come I don't get any invites to your... And live. this discussions, man. Because with a live stream, you do exactly the same time as us after the big games. <laughs> but what about oh, how come I don't get any discussions about F1, any of the other sports? <laughs> I'll bring you on the cricket one. Okay, thank you. Half up, do you know the rules of cricket? 
<laughs> I played cricket, bro. I was forced to play cricket. I know something about wickets and bowlers. That's golden duck. Yeah, golden duck is a first ball when you get out of first ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, All no, right, no, I, uh, I, 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 I got a duck, not a golden duck. I think I got a duck one time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, what's 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 it called when you hit the ball out and you get six points? What's that called? Well, it's called a six. Six rounds. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, in, in my mind, I'm like, it, it's a baseball thing. So, like, in my mind, okay, so if you hit a home run in cricket, oh. in, in air quotes, then you get six points. Oh, no, no, I mean, one day cricket is, can be fun, though. Mm. You see, test cricket is the one that's a bit dodgy. One day cricket is, can, that, that can be fun. Yeah, in the comments, you played everything H <laughs> I played rugby. I played basketball. I played cricket. I played track. And <laughs> I, was a, I was a goalkeeper, a yeah, center back, yeah. a fullback, a winger, <laughs> a striker. <laughs> oh, I'm at Daniel Tulip, Carlson Anchorman 616. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics. We're on SoundCloud. Follow us over there. iTunes, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Don't forget about our Patreon. So yeah, this has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.